You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Aloha and welcome, Reality Ohana. Thank you so much once again for joining us digitally for this house church season that we're in. So grateful that you would give us your time and attention here on Sunday morning and just so blessed that we get to still do this, that we are still the church, we're still connected, regardless of if or when or how we meet, regardless of what it is, we are the church and Jesus is the one who links us together. Uh, If you don't know me, my name is Riz, the pastor here. So humbled to be in this position, in this role, and even though it's been really difficult and hard, so thankful to do this season with you guys as the reality Honolulu Ohana. Uh, So grateful for each and every one of you and um, that are listening right now. And if you're new and you wanna hear more, website's a good place, you can email us or hopefully soon you'll see us in person. And uh, in person, that reminds me that if you've been listening and if you're here or you don't know or you do know, we're gonna be gathering next Wednesday, November 11th at 7 p.m is our first in-person, midweek, all-church prayer meeting together. Um, you can go online to realityhonolulu.com prayer and find out more of where that is and when and, and anything else you need to know. But again, we're going to be doing these every Wednesday night in person and praying on behalf um, of our city and our island home and our nation and our world, that God would intervene, that God would show up, that his kingdom would come and his will would be done. And so we see that there is pretty much no more importance uh, than, than the church gathered in prayer, seeking God on behalf of others. And so love for you to come join us uh, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. when you are able. Um, but without further ado, I wanted to get us into the word of God. And again, the reason why we do this each and every week And I hope and pray this is not your only intake of God's word into your life. But when we're gathered, whether that's digitally or in person, as a church, we we, we want to and we desire and we do get into God's word for a bulk of our time to allow it to minister to us. So guys, let me pray for our time right now. We're going to get into the word of God, allow God to speak to us, allow God to unify us and grow us and teach us and refine us to make us more like him. And then we're going to be the church in the world scattered. Amen. All right, let's pray. God, thank you so much for this digital house church we have that we're listening in on, that we're watching, gathered with maybe roommates or family members, or even in the quietness of our home. God, we ask that you would meet us where you're at, where we're at, that you would speak to us through your living and active, powerful, God-breathed word, and you just minister to our hearts. God, we want to be become more like you. We want to fall more in love with Jesus. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Church, as you know, every Sunday, normally, 
Um, we've been going through the book of Acts, but again, it's 2020. And so we've taken breaks. We've, we've talked about God's faithfulness. We've talked about politics. We've talked about racial issues. Uh, we've, we've tried to engage with the world around us. And I want you to know that as much as I w would love to des and desire to just kind of go verse by verse and chapter by chapter through the book of Acts, which we will do, I also want to be led by the Spirit of God, right? For us as a church, I want the Lord to minister to us in the way he wants to minister to us week in and week out. And obviously the Word of God is driving that and informing us, but also we want the Spirit of God and the timing of God to be right for us. And so I want to let you know as your pastor... Um, we don't have this all planned out because it's 2020 and all that's going on. We want to be the people of God, right, around the person of God, around the person of Jesus Christ and say, God, what would you have for us? We're not our own. Our lives are no longer our own. They're yours. And so God, speak to us, minister to us. What do we need this week? And so we're going to step away from Acts. We're going to be jumping a few places, but primarily the text that I want us to kind of open up with and look at and join with me in reading is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to be looking at verses, let's see here, 14 through the end of the chapter. So 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21 is going to be our text that I want us to really dig into and look at. Uh, and then jump to another one of Paul's letters. But before we get into that, I want to let you know as, as a pastor, as a shepherd, as one that uh, I feel very called um, and humbled to be called, but honored to be able to be your pastor. And part of that is that I care about your well-being and how you're growing in Christ how your family's doing, and your kids, and I, I want you to know Jesus and grow in Jesus and become more like him, like, like inside the church, the sheep, the congregation, uh, the members of the church, whatever you want to call it, I care deeply and feel called deeply to come alongside and the best of my ability by the Spirit of God to teach you the Word of God and uh, to push you towards Jesus as much as I possibly can. But also in that, I, I, I want to know that, that pr a primary purpose of a pastor as well is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, right? Ephesians 4 would, would tell me as a pastor. Um, that means that as the saints, as Christians, that you would be equipped, that you would know kind of how we're to live in amongst the world and our role and our task and our mission and how as Christians, how as followers of Jesus are to live. And so not only am I being led by the Holy Spirit, I believe, today uh, in our text, but also it comes from a deep sense of care and compassion um, and attention that I really do desire for all of us to become more like Jesus and for us to be witnesses of Jesus to the world. And what the world needs more than ever right now is the love and joy and hope and peace of God. Amen? Amen. All right. So <clears throat> without further ado, let's read 2 Corinthians 5. And once again, context's sake here, this is Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. 
the Corinthians, right? There's a church that he founded. We're going to see that in about Acts 18, towards the end of his second missionary journey. Paul goes to the city of Corinth. He ministers there. He spends quite a bit of time there. He, he, he plants this church, and this is his second letter to them. And uh, there's a lot to get out of it, but it's a, it's a healthy reminder of who we are in Christ and how we're supposed to act in the world and uh, very applicable to times like this. So 2 Corinthians 5 verses 14 through 21 says this, reading out the NIV translation. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do, we, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Verse 18. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he was committed, he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Okay, there's a lot there. But what I want to pull out right now is this. That the primary purpose of God sending Jesus to earth to die upon a cross to be raised again from the dead was to restore and reconcile humanity to God the Father. See, sin had broken this perfect, wonderful relationship. Sin had messed it all up. And this was God's rescue mission. The gospel is a rescue mission to come and to save humanity and to reconcile a very devastated, sinfully broken relationship between the creation and the creator God. So first and foremost, what is primary, what is of utmost importance for Christians and is for humanity is that we would be reconciled to our God. And the way in which we do that is believe and receive what Jesus Christ did upon the cross. We believe that we're sinners. We believe that we've turned our backs and rebelled against God. But we believe that God has sent his son to die in our place, a death that we deserved. That he pays the penalty for our sin and he offers that freely to us. Do you see that in verse 21? God made him who knew no sin. Jesus Christ, the sinless perfection. He's God in the flesh. He died a sinner's death. He took our sin upon the cross. And he paid the penalty of it. 
And, and theologians call verse 21 the great exchange because it's a great exchange because Jesus Christ died. He took our sin and he's willing to give us his righteousness. He traded our sin for his righteousness. And so if we believe and receive and, and, and we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and we surrender our lives to him and our sin is forgiven, what that does now is not only reconcile us before a heavenly, perfect God, but it redeems us and it forgives us of the sin which separated us. And what it does is it makes us righteous. It makes us in right standing before God. And so this imputed righteousness this talks about here, this righteousness that Jesus gives us, right? He took our sin and the penalty and the power of sin, and he gives us his righteousness now. Now when we stand before God the Father, we are in right standing. Our relationship that was so broken because of sin is now reconciled. This is a reconciled relationship. And so for us as Christians hearing this, church family, if you are a follower of Jesus, and don't get me wrong, you don't have to be perfect. We all mess up. We all have struggles still. We're all works in progress. But if you are a professing Christian that has Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you believe that, that, that he died for your sins and God raised him from the dead, you're saved, right? If you believe that, your first primary objective is to stay near and close and and. and very near to our Father in this relationship, that we're, to be, that we're to be continued to be ministered to and formed into his image. The Bible says that we were designed to be in, designed in God's image. And so as Christians, we're to actually be image bearers. We're to bear the image of God. That means that over time, we're to become more like him. We're to... Um, become nearer to him, hear his voice, speak to him, pray, worship, commune with him. We're to, we're to be in close relationship with our God. And the reason why, again, we can't even have a relationship is because of what Jesus did on the cross. He removed the barrier that was once there. Church, in the midst of a time when this thing, your iPhone, Look at text, many things while I'm doing the sermon, right? There's so much news. There's so much social media. There's so many things that we're looking at and checking into and craziness going on. There's a lot of really important things, obviously, but we, we have so many distractions. There's so many things around us. So often, I know that a lot of us want to continue to grow in Christ, but we maybe fail to give the proper attention to it. And I want to remind us that we cannot afford to neglect being with Jesus right now. We cannot neglect, we can't afford to neglect continuing to hear his voice and be ministered to, to and be shaped into his image. If Jesus and the word of God and the Holy Spirit isn't forming you, then, then something else is going to be. 
the world is or, or the things that you're listening to or the news or the social media or whatever it is. You will be shaped by that. And so we need to be really careful in this reconciled relationship to stay near to God and invest and give attention to our own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And again, this may be different for each of us in the season we're in right now, how we do that. But it comes in a lot of forms, right? It, become, it comes in just being still before the Lord. It comes reading his word. It comes praying. It comes worshiping. Um, some of us have more time to do that than others. But that, that's not the point. Like, we've got to be creative with our time to continue to grow in our relationship with Christ and stay connected to him. Right? For those of us that are married, or even if you're not, if you've had any significant relationship at all in your life, whether that's a parental or, um, or a son and daughter relationship, brother, sister, friend, marriage, you know that as seasons go on, you do have to change the way you interact with that person, whether you move away from them or whether you grow older or, or whatever it is, sometimes you don't have as much time or you can't hang out with them in the same way. Um, so you have to be creative. It takes maybe more attention or more care or more initiative to keep the relationship going as time goes on, as life gets busier, as life changes. The same is even more with our relationship with Christ. Right? For some of you here, you've been a Christian short time, some a really long time. And if we're not careful, we'll begin to drift away from our connection with the Lord just because we're not giving attention to it. We're not giving care to it. We're not taking the time and being mindful and prayerful about our, our connection with the Lord and our growth with the Lord. And guys, if there's anything I can do is, again, as a pastor, my primary objective and desire is for you to be near to Jesus, your eyes to be fixed upon him, like him to be your hope and your anchor and your, and your source of joy and, and for him to form you, that the presence of God, your proximity to the Father would form you more and more into his image. That is my prayer and that is my hope and that is my desire. And Paul, he starts this section in Corinthians here in chapter 5, with reminding us of first and foremost, we are reconciled to God. A broken relationship has been made right. And out of that relationship, the next part's supposed to come. But we have to first and foremost take care of our relationship with Jesus. So guys, make the time. Sacrifice other things. Be proactive. Don't neglect your relationship and connection and communication with the Father. Amen? Okay, amen. Promise me. You're going to put some time in. But secondly here, we see this almost baton pass, right? Paul here is exhorting the church in Corinth, the Christians, the church, us, Christians as a whole, Every followers of, Je of Jesus, he says, now, in the same way that you were reconciled to God, your task, your mission, your responsibility, your stewardship is to now have the ministry of reconciliation of others to God. 
in the same way that you now have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, I want you now to be ambassadors of Christ to the world. I mean, look at the wording there. Like an ambassador to the world. Christ's ambassador to a world that needs him most. Right? That we've been given this ministry of reconciliation to take the truth of who Jesus is and what he did upon the cross and take that glorious truth to the ends of the earth. Right? Jesus commissioned us in the end of Matthew 28, the Great Commission. It's called, he says... I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. And again, Paul's using this terminology, right? This, I want you to be an ambassador on behalf of Christ to all people. And the reason why I, I think I, I love Paul connecting it is because Paul is reminding us of our own personal relationship. And what a joy and a gift and how incredibly glorious it is that we know Jesus, that we are in right standing with God. And now it's our job to take that very personal thing that God has done in us, knowing that there's so many others that do not know the truth of who Jesus is. They are not in right standing. They're not in reconciled. Their hope is not in Christ. They do not have a joy founded in, in who God is, that he's immovable. So much of this world is swayed by the winds and the waves and by the news and by the times. But as Christians, we know that we're founded upon the rock, right? The rock that is higher than I on a firm foundation, was to take these truths of who God is and to be witnesses, ambassadors, to show and to bring the ministry of reconciliation to others that don't know Jesus. And the reason why I think this is so important and why I feel compelled to remind us of this is that in the midst of 2020 and the political divide and elections and the difference of opinions, the strong differing of opinions, it is really, 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 really important. It always is, but I, I believe it's even more now of what the witness of the church is to the world. It's really important. The whole world in a lot of ways, is looking at how the church, how Christians are responding to things. How are we responding? How are we speaking? How are we thinking? How are we portraying ourselves? How are we witnessing? How are we representing Christ to the world around us? And despite all our differences and you know, the instability of the world around us and the what ifs and the who knows. I want us to be reminded of not only primarily is it about us and Jesus, but, but, but our task, our role, our position and posture in the world right now in November, in 2020, is that we are to faithfully and rightfully represent Jesus to others. How he would respond. 
how he would love, how he would care, how he would think, how he would speak. I think how we go about what we write on Facebook, how we go about what we do Twitter or Instagram or how we respond to someone at work or an email or a text. Again, regardless of their differences or their thoughts or how they voted or whatever it is, we need to be really mindful about how it is that we're responding. Are we responding in a way that Christ would respond, in a way he would respond? Now, again, that doesn't mean that you need to negate truth. I'm not saying that, like, you just shouldn't say anything. Like, I'm just saying be very careful and be very mindful, prayerful, and spirit-led how you interact with the world right now. Our witness really matters because it's our task. Like, it's our role to be ambassadors. Like, we show the world Jesus. In good times or bad, whether we win or lose, like whether we feel understood or not, whether we agree or not, like all that's to the side, regardless of the climate, regardless of what happens, regardless of what the news says, we, the people of God, Christians, are to be ambassadors of Christ to those around us. And Paul over and over in his letters not only reminds us of, of this broadly, but then he digs down into some practical of how we might go about that. And kind of where I want to take us is another one of Paul's letters to the, to the church in Galatia, the letter of Galatians, right? So Galatians 5, <clears throat> turn with me there if you can. Uh, we'll have it on the screen if not. But Galatians 5, and I want to read verses 13 through 26. So 13 through the rest of the chapter. And again, Paul is not only saying, hey, you should have this um, ministry of reconciliation. You should um, treat others the way Jesus would. You have this big, huge ambassador task to the world. But then he drills down and he gives us some, some very practical things to grow in and work on and to, to, to uh, really have some meat to hold on to. So it's not only ethereal, it's very practical. And, and my hope is to leave us with this section today in, in Galatians. Uh, and my prayer would be is that we would operate in the Spirit, with the fruits of the Spirit, in this way when we engage the world around us right now. So here we go. Galatians 5, 13 through 26 says, For you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, for you will be destroyed by each other. Verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, 
and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you will not, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. It goes on in verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit, the result of the spirit in you, in other words, is love joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we are to live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Okay, so if you didn't know, the Bible is very applicable for today. It is very relevant, and that is why I cannot stress enough that this right now cannot be your only Bible intake. Guys, you've got to get into it, and you have to read and be ministered to and be formed by it. Because we see here, right, in Galatians, that Paul is saying, the flesh and the spirit is in constant opposition. And if you're not careful, the flesh will just rear its ugly head and you'll make a mess of things. That's true of Christians also. It doesn't just mean like you believe in Jesus now. So all of a sudden you're amazing and everything comes out of your lips is amazing and perfect and right. We make mistakes and we get passionate and we get you know, angry or frustrated or we, we get defensive or you name it. And we lash out. Paul says, if we're not careful, that's going to happen all the time. But it doesn't have to. Paul says, you have this, if you're a Christian, you have the Spirit of God inside of you. Right? In, another, in, in the first letter to the Corinthians, in chapter 6, Paul says, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Like, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. And he says, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us Christians. Holy Spirit's in us. God in the third person, Holy Spirit, right? And God in us, in the form of the Holy Spirit, desires the result of the Spirit in us. What does God desire our hearts to look, or what our lives to look like? What fruit should, uh, should we bear from our life? What is to characterize the Christian? Paul says, well, it's the fruit of the Spirit. The spirit at work in the Christian, your life should be marked by love, joy, peace, forbearance, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Guys, just think about that right now. Christians, church, Reality Honolulu, Riz, and everybody else, this is what we need to walk in more than ever right now. And there's no caveat to this. It doesn't say, well, uh, only when you're right, only when you win, only when people agree with you, only when you get your way, 
Only when your life isn't um, interrupted. No, 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 no. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit in us is that we are to be people in the world as ambassadors. And the way in which we represent Jesus, the way in which the ministry of reconciliation goes forth, is not only speaking it, not only telling other people the truth of who Jesus is, but in large part, it's our actions, it's our response, and it's the fruit of the Spirit. If there is anything that is going to stand out right now as Christians, like if the world is looking at the church, if there's anything that's going to stand out to them, it's going to be like, how are you as Christians full of love right now, full of joy? How can you be at peace? How can you be patient right now? How can you be kind? How can you be, how, how can there be goodness? How can there, how can you be faithful? How can you have gentleness and self-control when this is happening and the list goes on in 2020? The reason why we can is because our life is no longer our own. We've been reconciled to God. We have the Holy Spirit in us. And now the way in which we're to posture and position ourselves in the world is to be filled with the Spirit, bearing the fruit of the Spirit as we engage in the ministry of reconciliation. Church, as always, I want to let you know that I, I'm praying this for us. I would ask you to do the same for each of us, for our church, for the church, for Christians right now, that we would be a people, despite what happens, despite what comes next, despite what we hear on the news, that we would be a people that are full of the Spirit, bearing the fruit of the Spirit, and engaging in not only our, our relationship with Christ, but in the task that he's given us. Church, I would encourage you to even reach out to others in your life to pray for one another, to, to encourage one another with these things. As we enter into this time of worship right now, I want to encourage you to really make the most of it, to press in, to exalt the name of Jesus, and maybe to do some heart work, to, to do some examining. God, where can I grow? Where do you want me to grow? Where do I need to ask for forgiveness? Where do I need a, to, to grow, to change? Where am I too much living in the flesh? And where do I need to live in the spirit? And also, if you do have uh, communion elements in your home, I know we've done this a lot before, but I want to remind you that um, I don't always have to lead you in this, that, that Jesus himself said, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. And so, uh, if anything, I want to encourage you to make communion a part of your Sunday digital house church. So what you can do is you can grab something like bread or something like juice. doesn't really matter. And as during worship, during the second set of worship, what you can do is you can take that bread or that cracker, which reminds us of Christ's body that was broken upon the cross. You can take it, and, you, and as you do that, you remember what he did for you upon the cross. And then as you take the juice or whatever you have, it's, his, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a symbol of his blood that was spilt for us, that he died in our place. And as you drink it, you do it in remembrance of him. And it's a way in which our hearts and minds can be reminded of the glorious work that God did upon our cross 
did upon the cross, that as Paul would say, that he took our sin, him who knew no sin took our sin and gave us his righteousness in return. Church, I love you. I'm going to pray. We're going to enter in. And uh, please continue to check social media and the website for any updates. Love you. Father God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for your word, which guides us and forms us. And Father, we do want to become more like you. We pray that we would continue to foster our relationship with you, that we'd be able to grow um, and hear from you and commune with you. And also that you would continue to Fill us with your Holy Spirit that we might walk in the Spirit as we carry out this ministry of reconciliation, of reconciling those that don't know you to God in the world. We love you, Lord. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.